Uh, hopefully you got a chance to grab the announcements and the sermon sheet at the side tables and not sleep and slip out and grab those. I just want to bring a couple things to your attention though. There are some order forms for the Branch Life t-shirts. That's a sermon series that we did right at the start. And if you would like a t-shirt, I know when we were wearing them, a bunch of people came up to us and asked us if we had any extra ones. And um, so now we have them available. We're going to do this as a fundraiser for Operation Gaylord Patriots. That's a video that we showed last week. This is all about helping those people who have been in the military and maybe been injured, or by being in the military, maybe it's caused some strain on your relationships with your spouse and everything. Operation Gaylord Patriot does a wonderful job just helping those people out. So we want to support them, and uh, that's what we're doing with this fundraiser. There's also a car decal. Uh, let me show you what these look like. So here are the t-shirts. This would be a color one. And um, this would be the glitter one. So this one's a little bit shiny if you like that. And you can see how that sparkles. And then we have this, the, the white ones. He's going to Just the white letters. So those are three options. You can see that. Also, too, though, we have this on a card detail. If you're interested, you can see what it looks like. It's on the back of our car. But like I said, everything, all profit, 100% profit, comes from this, will go towards heal our, our Patreon. All right? Uh, other than that, today is the last day for the shoeboxes. I saw a lot of people bringing them in. If you need to bring one in later today, maybe you forgot or something like that, just give me a call. I'll come over, open up the church, and, and let you drop that off. So they are going to go out tomorrow, so we have to have them in today. And then a reminder about the change of life jar. We are trying to hit this hard. We're going to do two families. So we need to be doubly giving and, and help them out. Um, Church Board has identified those two families that we want to bless this Christmas season. So I'm hoping that right after Thanksgiving in the next one or two weeks that we'll have this done and be able to, to do that. So if you'd like to give towards that, we would really appreciate that. Uh, everybody. Um, I have an announcement here directly from Pastor Wendell Brown, District Superintendent. Now you know that um, your local church board has been working with the District Superintendent um, trying to obtain a new lead pastor. Okay, so listen closely. However, if you miss something, we're going to have the announcement again Next Sunday also. Um, the church board met with District Superintendent Wendell Brown on November 17th to discuss the direction the church should go as we strive to secure the next lead pastor for our congregation. In the course of our conversation and much prayer, the board 
unanimously voted to present to the congregation the Reverend James Pomrich to become our lead pastor. <laughs> sorry, sorry, James, they're not excited. <laughs> In keeping with the Church of the Nazarene, our congregation will vote to extend the call to Reverend Pomrich on December 6th. In the Church of the Nazarene, the initial call is for two years, and the subsequent renewal calls are for four years. During the time before the vote, please feel free to ask any questions of the church board or Reverend Palmrich, as we want you to feel empowered to vote as the Lord directs you. Um, you do need to be a member of the church in order to vote. In Christ, Reverend Wendell Brown, District Superintendent, North Central Ohio District, Church of the Nazarene. Thank you. So I wanted to say thank you. I mean, you got a red light right now. Test, 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 test. Test, test. Test, test. Right, you only can vote once, and you have to be alive to vote, and, and nothing else like that. All right. Don't be from Pennsylvania. All right, we're not gonna we're not gonna have any hanging chads or anything like that. All right. Um, something that I forgot. We have had some coats in here that need to go away. If you can use any of these coats right here, please feel free to just grab them and take them on your way out. All right. All right. Would you stand with me? A lot of announcements. A lot of things going on. I know we're, we're low today, uh, maybe COVID's hitting us or, or something like that, so let's be in prayer for those people and, and the time and the season that we're, that we're going through. Also, too, I'm excited, hopefully, Mike Leonard will be here next week to preach. And if he comes, he's supposed to let me know tomorrow, he may have been exposed to somebody with COVID, so he might not be able to come out, but if he can, he's going to be here to preach. And I would love for us, as a church, to... Um, do a love offering for him. We, we can't pass anything. So if you want to, if you want to bring a card in, maybe it's just a card with some encouragement. That would be awesome. Or if you want to put something in it, I know we're constantly asking you guys for things. Whatever the, whatever the Holy Spirit leads you, let's do that for him. All right? Because I think that would be a great blessing for him and his wife during the season that they're, that they're going through. So, all right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we just uh, come before you. And we want to give you praise and honor, for you alone are worthy of that. Lord, I pray that you would just quiet our hearts, that you would draw our attention onto you. Lord, I pray that you would use the praise and worship team to do that. Father, I pray that you would speak through them directly to us, and we'd be able to focus in on you and give you the attention that you deserve. Lord, I pray that if people are going through things right now, that you would... Um, use them to give their, their, their lives and their souls peace. 
Lord, we just uh, give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Belongs to you. So when I fight, I'll 
seated. Oh, man. All right. You know, uh, it's amazing how many times that the songs that we sing line up with the message. And, and I've told you before, we don't, we don't talk about that. We don't discuss that. I don't ever ask Adivy to do that. 
This week, though, I said, man, I'm going to throw you for a loop here because we're going to really see if we're, we're on the same page and God is speaking to both of us because I'm thinking of a hymn. And, it's part, and you're going to see it's, it's in the scripture, Great is Thy Faithfulness. It's in the passages that we're going to be reading today. And, of course, it shows up, right? Now, there's a funny part to that because um, late yesterday I am humming the hymn and we still haven't talked about it, you know, what it was or anything like that. And she's like, is that the hymn that you're thinking of? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, oh, we're not singing that. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, and here I was just humming it wrong. And so I'm, I'm kind of challenged when it comes to singing, and you'll never see me up there singing or anything like that. So, but then, then I started singing it correctly a little bit later, and she goes, wait a minute. Is that the song you're thinking about? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, oh, we are doing that one. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so... Uh, praise God, though, right? I want to I talk about something with Thanksgiving today. And I think this is kind of like mature-level Christianity that we're going to be dealing with. So if you're in here and you are a more mature Christian, what we're going to talk about, you're going to be like, yeah, I learned that. Uh, maybe you need a, a refresher, though, and a reminder about that. If you're, if you're earlier Christian in your walk... I think this is going to be a real challenge for you. And I'm excited for you to hear this because this is something that I learned in my life and it has been a game changer ever since I learned it. So I'm excited for us today to be celebrating Thanksgiving and to to have a Thanksgiving message. So if you would turn your Bibles to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. And before we get started, I'm just going to pray again because I feel a little discombobulated or... Or, or something else is going on, a little distracted. So would you pray with me? Father, we thank for today. Lord, we give you this service. We ask that you would continue to speak to us. We pray that our hearts would be soft, our eyes and ears would be open to what you'd have us hear. Lord, I pray that you would be with people that are going through things. I know a number of people have reached out to me this weekend about family members who have had uh, surgery, who have gone through the hospital. Lord, people dealing with COVID possibilities. Lord, I pray that you would just be with these families and each of their these prayer requests. We know there's another person with a heart issue. Lord, would you just touch their lives and touch them and and Lord, if they need heal, we ask that you would heal them. If they need strength, we ask that you would give them strength. Lord, if they need comfort, if they need somebody to reach out to them, Lord, would you lay them on our hearts so that we could... Father, I know Thanksgiving and Christmas, I'm thinking about the people who have recently lost loved ones and how different they're going to be. How different these, these holidays are going to be just with what we're experiencing in our country. Lord, would you help us be the church that reaches out and loves on people. Lord, put somebody on our hearts. Father, like I said, you have right away. You have this service. Lord, we pray that your will would be done. And we just ask that you would help us glorify you. In your name we pray. Amen. Lamentations chapter 3. If you don't know where that is, good luck finding it. It's a little bit rough. I think if you turn in the Bible, if you open it up halfway... You're going to be really close, all right? Um, you have Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, uh, and then is it Ezekiel next? 
Uh, so somewhere right around in there, that's where you're going to find this. But um, happy Thanksgiving 2020 style. How's everybody doing with that? Yeah, that about sums it up, right? This is, this is quite a different Thanksgiving. Are you raising your hand or are you just stretching? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Praise God, right? All right. Well, uh, this is going to be a little bit of a different year with, with Thanksgiving. Um, I, I heard about this story that I wanted to share. There was this little boy that was asked to say the prayer at Thanksgiving. And so he started out pretty good. After he thanked God for the food and his family, he ran out of things to say. And so he was kind of struggling. And then he prayed, let me, let me tell you some things I'm not thankful for. And then he went on and, and made that list of everything that he was unthankful for. And that seems like a, a typical prayer maybe that this year would kind of fit in. It would make sense. It would be very easy to pray for this year. There are quite a few things that I think we could list that um, we're not thankful for. Here's the thing, though. We've got to be careful of where that takes us, where that line of thinking takes us. We have to be careful not to develop an attitude of ingratitude, right? Because that makes us entitled or, or gives us that feeling of entitlement, which is so popular in our culture today. It's easy for us to run out of things that we're not thankful for when we look at our circumstances. And it's easy in those cases to find a lot of things to complain about, though. Most of us separate those two things in different categories, the things that we're thankful for, the things that we're, none, we're not thankful for. Our, our willingness, though, to be people that do thank God, people of thanksgiveness, cannot be based on our lists. Right? They can't be based on our circumstances. God's word challenges us to give thanks in all situations, regardless of our circumstances. Now, we're not giving thanks for some of those circumstances, right? But in those circumstances, we can still give God thanks. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you, in Christ Jesus. And we, we just finished a series praying through the Lord's Prayer, looking at the Lord's Prayer, and part of that is praying for God's will, right? So this is God's will for you, that in everything you are able to give thanks. So my question is, how are you doing with that? Especially in these day and age, are you able to give thanks in all situations? Any of us need to work on that? I believe the majority of us want to be thankful people, right? We want to be thankful. I mean, who enjoys being around somebody that isn't thankful, somebody that's ungrateful? They're just not fun to be around. I remember being a youth pastor and doing a lot of things for those teens. And at first, 
it was almost like they were very ungrateful for that. And that bothered me. I struggled with doing that. Here I was spending a lot of time, a lot of my free time, setting these things up. And then they would come and just destroy the place and leave without ever saying thanks. It's hard to be around people like that. But then they became, began to be very appreciative and very, very thankful. But I would, at those times, be like, you ungrateful little spoiled Maybe you've thought that about your kids or maybe you've thought that about other people. Like I said, I think the majority of us do not want to be people that are ungrateful. We don't, we don't like to be like that. But I think at the same time, sometimes our circumstances play a role in our thanksgiving or our, in our attitude of thanksgiving, and sometimes they can get in the way. So here we are on Thanksgiving weekend And I think, like I said, the majority of us would like to be more thankful. But how can I be more thankful? That's the question that we need to ask ourselves. How can I develop that attitude in my life? How can I not let the circumstances of my life dictate that level of thankfulness? Because that's that's what comes naturally. If things aren't going well, we complain. If things are going well, then we're usually thankful. But we have to get beyond that, beyond our circumstances. You know, uh, maybe you're a spouse and you're like, I'd be more thankful if my husband didn't snore at night, wasn't a tosser and turner, didn't end up stealing the covers, you know, especially after I got myself situated in, the, in, in those and that I could just get, you know, a couple hours of sleep. You know, then it would be easy for you to be thankful. Or maybe if your boss wasn't a total jerk. It would be a lot easier to be thankful. Or maybe if my kids weren't demon-possessed at some times and, and run around all, all crazy. Or if my newborn baby would just sleep for more than a couple hours every night, it would be easier to be more thankful. Maybe it's serious things, though. Like, I could be more thankful if we didn't have the bills we had. Or if my car wasn't constantly breaking down. Or, or maybe if just people appreciated me more. You know, is your, is your level of thankfulness dependent on the ifs? Those ifs that are in your life. Maybe for you, though, it's not a question of if, but maybe it's a question of, of when. Maybe the reality is it's hard for you to be thankful when this has happened to me in my life. I've been in those seasons. I remember, I remember the day when I was at home. I was 13 years old. My parents were separated. There was a knock on the door, and a person came up and, and, and dropped off an envelope to my mother. And in that envelope were divorce papers. I remember that day. I remember the day when I found something involving two of my closest friends that they had betrayed me, and it, and it cut me to the core. I remember the day in New Year's Eve, 1999, getting ready to go into 2000, and I was completely alone. Had lost my friends and a lot of people that I cared about. Those were, those were seasons where it was not easy to be thankful. And maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe this is a season that you're in right now. Maybe the doctor has given you some news, or maybe the doctor has given somebody that you care about some news that just is devastating your life, shocking you to the core. Maybe somebody has taken advantage of you recently or sometime in your past and you just struggle to let go of that. Maybe you've just lost your job. 
Maybe the money is gone. Maybe it's a million other things, right, that you're dealing with. It's hard to be thankful when those things are happening or those things have happened. And this is our reality. Circumstances can determine whether or not you are thankful if you let them. But here's the truth. You don't have to. You can rise above those. You, you don't have to be a captive of your circumstances. You don't have to let them dictate whether or not you're thankful. And if you can find the way through that, that's when you can find hope and peace and an attitude of thankfulness, even in those times. So that's what we want to look at today. How do you do that, right? That's the question, though. How do you do that? And that's why I want to look at Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. I preached on Lamentations once, only one other time, and it's a really interesting text. It's probably one that when you're doing your Bible reading, though, you skip, to be honest with you, because it's kind of weird. But it is a really interesting text, and hopefully you have your your sermon sheets that have some more information that I'm not going to cover everything on there. But Lamentations is a poetic account, right? It's poetry. And um, it was related to a time in Israel's history, really in Judah's history with Jerusalem. It was a time that every Israelite would look at and say, this is one of the worst moments of our lives. Every one of them, without a doubt. You could not get any worse in a person's time than somebody who has lived through what has happened. All right, so the time is 586 BC, and a massive empire known as Babylon has finished a siege on the city of Jerusalem that lasted 18 months. For 18 months, they were stuck in this city. It was so bad that I'm going to be careful with this. It was so bad that people ate their young. I mean, this is what they were were dealing with. People were starving to death, and they had to resort to unspeakable acts. And Babylon completes the siege, and they swept through the streets, and they just destroyed everything. They destroyed homes, the city, the temple. They killed people, and they took others as slaves. And only a few were left. And this is the point in the story that we're, that we're at. Now, we don't know who wrote Lamentations. Some people think it was Jeremiah. I kind of think that it was. The book of Jeremiah focuses in on this event and predicts it. Uh, Jeremiah predicts the destruction of Israel and tries to warn them in the destruction of Jerusalem. And then Lamentations looks at the after effect of what happened and looks back on it. So Lamentations is, is made up of five chapters. It's written in a rhythm in a style of a funeral song, kind of typical to this day. It's, it's five prayers or five laments to God. A, a lament is a genuine cry, right? Like you want God to notice you're crying out, you're desperate for God to respond. And if you read this, if you read the entire book of Lamentations, you will see that this book is just packed with real, raw emotion. And that, that's part of why I like this. I think sometimes in church, we like to pretend that everything's going okay and that everything's fine, even though circumstances are, are totally different. Uh, there is no hiding that here. It is just all out there. 
So the writer in Lamentations 1 uses a couple images, and you start off. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read some of it. But in chapter 1, the writer compares Jerusalem to a, an abandoned woman, a widow. And it starts off, Jerusalem, once so full of people, is now deserted. She who was once great among the nations now sits alone like a widow. Once the queen of all the earth, she is now a slave. She sobs through the night. Tears stream down her cheeks among all her lovers. There is no one left to comfort her. All of her friends have betrayed her and become her enemies. So this is how the writer describes the city. And what the writer wants you to understand is the change that has happened the devastating change and just how different life is. Here's this once mighty city, this once mighty nation, and it has just been laid low. They abandoned God. It goes on and tells how they, they rejected God, and this is the result of what has happened. He warned them. He called them back, but they said, no, we don't want any part of that, and this is the result. So the writer laments because of the people's experience would have been just so different if they would have just listened and followed God's call to repent. If they would have just listened to God's warning, none of this would have happened. And so they could have prevented so much pain and loss, right? If they would have just followed God. So that's chapter 1. Chapter 1 focuses on the moral cause of of what has happened and the result. Chapter 2 describes how it seemed like God's hand was against the people. Again, this this could have all been avoided, though. And then chapter 3 is where we want to dig in and really look at. Chapter 3 changes to the the, um, perspective of an afflicted person, an afflicted man who's gone through this. And we get, into, we get some insight into what this man was feeling and thinking through this situation. So I'm just going to start at chapter 3, verse 1. Notice the raw honesty, though. Notice it. I am a man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again, All day long, he has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. This man is talking about God. This is how he feels. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I call out or cry for help, He shuts out my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. Like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding, he dragged me from the path and mangled me and left me without help. He drew his bow and made me the target for his arrows. He pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver. I became the laughing stock of all the people. They mocked me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs. And given me gall to drink. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. This is serious, right? This is a a pretty serious 
time in this person's life, and he feels like God's hand is against him. And as you read this, you wonder, is there any hope? Right? Is there any hope? Is it it even possible to be thankful in a situation like this? We can, we can get into those same thought patterns that we talked about. Well, I could be thankful if my world wasn't totally destroyed, right? This is what this guy could say. Or I could be thankful, you know, if it didn't feel like God smashed out my teeth with gravel, right? Some serious things here. But then we come to verse 18, and things start to change start to, to look a little bit different. In verse 18, the verse starts out, So I say, my splendor is gone, and all that I would hoped for from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I, will, I well remember them, and my soul is down, downcast in me. So now we shift to what's going on in this person's head. And he says, So I say. That tells us that we're getting that glimpse inside. My splendor, it's gone. All that I had hoped from for the Lord, I remember my affliction. I couldn't forget it if I possibly tried. In my wandering, it's just bitter and it's just gall, right? And I well remember them. And then he just says, my soul is downcast within me. This is where a lot of us go to and spend a lot of time when the circumstances are bad when the things in life are hitting us. Our mind and our head, we just start to relive everything. We start to think about everything. We focus in on everything that's wrong, right? It comes into our head, and we dwell on it. And this is where we need to be be careful. You know, I, I read this, and I wonder, is there anyone in here that's listening, that this is where they're at right now. This is, this is the year that they're having. This is the month that they're having. These are the circumstances that they're dealing with. Yeah, this is, what it like. this is what it's like. This is what it feels like. It feels like God doesn't even care. God's walled me in. I just feel like there's no hope. If that's you, I want you to remember the words, right? I want you to remember that we... It is possible to be thanks, thankful even in situations like this. You might not realize it. You might not see any path forward, but it is, right? Could you imagine going to this person and giving them some Christian advice, right, when they're going through this? Oh, yes, just, just be thankful, you know, praise God. Yeah, I know what you're going through. I mean, it doesn't seem right, though, right? And it's hard to say that, just be thankful, just, just praise God. But it's the truth. And there's freedom that comes from it. How do you do that, though? Verse 21. Here it is. Verse 21 starts it. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. So he's saying things to himself. He starts off thinking about things. Things are coming into his mind, so I say. All right, things that are circumstances. But then he makes a shift. And then he begins to bring stuff into his mind. Things that are different, right? Um, he starts to remember some things, focus in on some things. And this is the first gleam of hope that we see in this whole entire chapter, in this whole entire book. And, and here's what he does. He starts to recall who God is. 
and what God has done in his life. And that's when the shift happens. What comes from him doing that? Well, he says he he has hope. Therefore, I have hope. He ends up making himself be reminded of who God is and what God has done. Verse 22, he says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. When we think about how many times we've betrayed God, how many times we've sinned against him and others, just how, how wicked we are, isn't it amazing that he doesn't just wipe us out? I mean, when you look at the world and what's going on in it, isn't it amazing that he just doesn't let us be consumed? But the Lord's great love, by the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. The next verse goes on to say they are new every morning. New every morning. They don't run out, right? They don't run out. It's not something that's used up. It's not something that fails. They are new or they are renewed every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is faithful. We know that. He never betrays us. He never fails living up to what he's promised us. Never, ever once. Never, ever once has he not lived up to his side of the bargain, to his side of the covenant with us. Never. Even when we didn't deserve it, even when we we spit on him and mocked him, he still came through for us because of his great love. Verse 24, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is my portion. He is everything I need. I could lose everything in this life, and yet if I remember the Lord is my portion, no matter what happens, he is all I need. He's all I depend on. He's all I need to depend on. The Lord is good to those who hope whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Let's go back to, the, to maybe whatever you're dealing with. When you think about that, what you're going through, what's the first thing in, that your mind tells you? Don't let it be your circumstances. Don't let it be the mountain, right? Focus in on the mountain mover. What do you call to mind? What do you focus in on? When you think about what you have to face, all right, when you remember what's, what's happened, when you think about your circumstances, is it God that you focus in on? Or is that that anger and bitterness and worry and fear and disappointment or, or hurt? Be careful. What's on your mind? What's, what do you focus on? on? 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I know, easy to say, right? Easy to say, hey, give thanks. What you need to understand, though, is that at the beginning of Thanksgiving, all right, don't, don't kid yourself. 
at the beginning of Thanksgiving, it's not about lying about what's going on. It's not about pretending those terrible things are not going on, right? The writer here, he, he lays it all out. He pours it all out. And that's what you need to do as well. He recognizes this. The writer, Paul, he recognizes that in all circumstances. Not every circumstance is great. Not every circumstance is fun. All right? Some of them are filled with intense pain and hurt. That's why we have the first part of Lamentations. And that's why I really like this book. Because it's so real. It's so raw. It's honest. It hurts. It's painful. So the first part of Thanksgiving is not hiding or pretending. It's, it's laying it all out. It's pouring it all out. Let's get it out. Let's talk about it. Let's deal with it. But then we need to shift our mind, shift our attention to the God of the universe. What does God want you to do? He wants you to reach back. He wants you to recall to your mind the God that you serve and, the, and a God whose compassion never fails. A God whose compassions are, are new every day. A God who's faithful. Yeah, it's dark right now, but his compassions are new every morning. He is, he is your portion if you'll wait on him. I, I honestly cannot think of a time that I've been through the storm and I've turned to him and I've not felt his presence with me. I, I cannot think of a time, I don't know of a person in a circumstances who has given their life fully to Christ when they've been going through something and he was not 100% faithful to them. I can't think of any situation like that. Listen, it's perfectly normal to question God. But at the end of the day, we have to go back to the bedrock of our faith. Who is God? He is our Father, right? We spent a lot of time talking about that. He is our Father who loves us. He sees what we don't see. He sees the big picture. He can turn anything that the enemy uses for evil into something that can be good for us. The question is, will we trust him, though? Here's, here's another key to being able to be thankful. I think the only way that we can really be thankful in a storm is to worship. It's a key. It's a huge key. Worship take his, takes our focus off of our circumstances and puts it squarely on God, right? That's what worship does. And when our attention turns to him, we remember who he is and what he is capable of and how faithful he is. And that's where we can trust him and thank him. In, in Hebrew, the simplest, most common way to say thank you is toda. Toda. T-O-D-A. It's like, not like tada. All right. It's toda. All right. And, it, and it's an easy way to just say say thank you, but it involves praise and worship. That's the connotation with it. It's almost like singing a song of praise and worship. And, and really, it, it's really like raising your hand and just saying, thank you, Lord. Even though I can't see, even though I don't understand what's going on, thank you, Lord, that you're here with me. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done for me. 
Thank you that I can depend on you. David uses this word time and time again when the things are, are rough in his life. He gives thanks to God. He gives thanks to God for his love and his goodness. He says his love endures forever. Ta-da. God, you're so good. Ta-da. Thank you. Thank you. Even when I'm in that cave, even when I hide in front of that king that's out to kill me. Ta-da. When the glory dropped in the temple that was built, they said, ta-da. Thank you, God, for coming to dwell with us. Right? Thank you, Lord. When the Jews had to fight an enemy one time and things didn't look good, they didn't expect to get through it. They were expecting to be defeated. You know what they did, though? They went and grabbed the worship leaders, the skinny jeans guys, and they said, hey, we think we're going to lose this battle, but we want to put you out there in front of us. We just want to praise him and trust God through this situation. And what do those weird worship leaders do? Okay, let's do it. And they went out in front and they said, Tada. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Even though it looks like we're going to lose, even though it looks like we're going to be killed and destroyed, we'll trust you. We'll thank you. Tada. When they were marching around the city of Jericho, what did they do? They praised and worshiped. Tada. Thank you, Lord. And the walls fell. You remember when the disciples were beaten for preaching about Jesus Christ. What did they do? Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we're, we're worthy enough to be able to suffer like you did. Ta-da. When they needed some, some doors to open in a prison, they praised and worshiped. And they said, ta-da. Thank you, Lord. And those doors came open. That's where an attitude of thankfulness can come from. That's the only place an attitude of thankfulness will come out of the circumstances that we're in. Don't think that they knew what God was going to do, right? Don't think that they knew God was going to save them. Don't think that they knew the doors would be opened. They weren't expecting that. They didn't know what God was doing, but they still said, ta-da, thank you. Thank you. No matter what, thank you for who you are, God for your love, for your portion, for your thankfulness, for your compassion, no matter what I'm going through, Lord, I can always thank you for that. That's stepping out on faith. We can't see it. We don't know what's ahead. But we can still thank God and we can still be thankful. It's about trusting him. It only comes through worship, though. Worship and praise. This is the stuff that I've learned through the rough times in my life. And, and maybe it's the only way to learn it. I don't know. But if you're going through something, say ta-da. And concentrate on him. And focus in on him. And give him thanks in all circumstances. Trust him. Would you stand with me? If you can turn your attention onto God and off of your circumstances, that's when you can start to experience that hope and that peace. And I know some of you are dealing with some heavy things from what you've told me. And I hope this is a time that you're able to do 
just that. To give him praise. That they thank you. Not, like I said, not thank you for the circumstances. But thank you for, for being with me. Lord, I remember what you did in my past. Those are things that I can recall. What you did for me. How you were with me. And it gives me hope for my future when I'm facing those things. You know. What about you, though, if you're new in the faith? What about if you say, James, I don't have that history. I don't have that experience with God, right? Can you just remember the cross? Can you remember that our Lord and Savior has scars? We might have scars from our situations and for things that's going on, but he has scars because he loved us. Loved us enough to come down out of heaven so that our relationship with him could be restored. That's the God you serve. We have a God who is betrayed, right? Had all of his closest friends run out on him in his darkest hour. He knows what that feels like. We have a God who is humiliated. He is stripped naked and hung up on a cross. The God of the universe who could have just wiped everybody out willingly endured the cross so that he could have a relationship with us. Do you have anything you can be thankful for? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Right? I will praise you. You know what, I, you know what I'm going through, Lord. You know the humiliation. You know the pain, right? The pain. You remember when the soldiers mocked him and punched him in his face and say, prophesize and tell us who hit you. Man, you remember when he was beaten. He knows everything that we've dealt with or will deal with. Man, he was homeless, right? Constantly on the move. That's our Lord and Savior. And he's there for us. He's there with us. Turn to him in these seasons where life is just hitting you. And my friends, turn to the church. Turn to your family of God and reach out and pour it out. This is what's going on in my life. This is what I'm dealing with. Man, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. Let us know so that we can be there for you and with you. Right? And don't ever think that you got to fake it. Lay it out there. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Lord, I pray that you would help us to develop an attitude of thankfulness even though we're in the storms, even though our circumstances tell us to be the exact opposite way, even when our our circumstances call us to complain. Lord, would you help us to turn our our focus from them to you? Lord, help us to give thanks in every circumstance, no matter what. Lord, grow us in this area. Lord, help us to be the church that reaches out to people, that is there for people like you are. Lord, I pray that if somebody's going through something right now, that your, your presence would just be all over them. Your peace would just be all over them. Your comfort, Lord, I pray that they would feel that and experience that. And they would, they would know, they would know of your great love.
that they would be reminded of your faithfulness, that you are their portion, that your compassions are new every morning, even when it's things that they've done wrong, even when it's the 70th time that they've done something wrong. Would you remind them of that and help them to find peace and hope through that? Lord, we give you all praise and honor. In your name we pray. Amen.